library, let me remind you, we have an excellent library upstairs full of knowledge. Uh, some, some of our preachers that went on to be with the Lord have written books, and uh, they're there in the library, and you can check those out and take those home and study on them. And occasionally, once or twice a month, I'll go up there and get a book and take it home. It's been a great help to me. Uh, so I want to remind you of that. But this church, the history of this church, there's a book or two up there. And if you've never read about it, it is amazing how God brought all this to be. And this church was set up and organized here that it might reach out into this community, to this group of people. And I remember when I first come here, I said uh, there were some that thought, how in the world is this going to work, a country preacher at a city church? And I didn't know either. I'll just be honest with you. The first time I ever come here, I, I didn't know what to expect. But what I've come to realize is this morning that uh, this is a, a, a church that loves and fears God that's in the city. The city has grown around this church. This church was here before this city become this big. And it's still a lighthouse into this community. It's still reaching out. And that's our desire this morning that we continue to reach out into this community. To be a help and to be a light. That we go beyond these four walls. And this church has continued to do that down throughout the ages. Next year, uh, if the Lord will permit and time will allow, We'll be celebrating a hundred years this church has been set up and been organized. That's amazing. This church has been here throughout this community reaching out. And that's still what we're trying to do today. As I begin to think about those things this morning, or excuse me, throughout the week, I've, I've had a few thoughts. And I'll be honest with you, my text this morning is not very long. I've got a few verses of scripture. And y'all are probably saying, boy, I'm glad you read probably 20 chapters last week. So, uh, I'm not going to be too awful long this morning. But I've got just a few verses of Scripture on my heart. I was thinking throughout the week of a few things. And began to think about, we hear about the society and time that we live in. And it is awful. It has changed. I'm uh, in my late 30s now. And it has changed even from when I was a little boy. Uh, things are different. Uh, things in school are different. Uh, it's just a different society that we live in. But I'm still glad to live in small town America. I'm still glad that uh, we live in a part of the country that the gospel is as prevalent as it is. That it still goes out. That yes, there may be people around us that we know that are teaching different and false doctrines, but I'm glad still to live in a part of the country where the truth is still being preached. That it's still going out. I'm thankful that uh, our little churches are scattered throughout the country. We've got churches in Missouri. We've got churches in California. We've got a church or two there in Kansas. There's some up in Michigan. You've got them between the states in Indiana. Uh, you can find them down in Florida. We've got churches throughout all of this country. We've got them in different continents. I'm thankful for that this morning. But I'm glad to live right here in this part of the country. God, God has certainly blessed us very much, church. I began to think about the society and time that we live in. And how much it's changed. Hear all the time how wicked the world is. And it is a wicked place. 
There's uh, all kinds of matter of sin that's going on all around us, but I want you to know that the world, since man uh, failed to follow the one commandment that God had given him there in the garden, has been in darkness. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And He declared unto us that we are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be healed. And He declared that we are to shine out into a, a dark world. Yes, there's things that are going on in a society and time, even the little county that I live in, that I'm raising my children up in. There's things that are trying to be passed now uh, that I, uh, listen, just as a Christian, let alone a preacher of the gospel, that I don't agree with. Uh, since, I've, since we've lived over there, it's been a, a, a dry county. Now they're trying to pass it to a wet county. And you'd be surprised at how many people are supportive of that effort. I've had people ask me, how do you feel about it? It's wrong. That's how I feel about it. It's wrong. Paul made the statement, he said, just because it's lawful for me to do these things, doesn't make it right. And I'm paraphrasing that. Listen, we're living in a society of time that they begin to ease things into your lifestyle just a little bit and a little bit along to make you more and more comfortable with it. You know what they call that? They call it desensitized. They try to pretty up the terminology a little bit. Well, they're desensitizing us. You watch it on TV years ago, you didn't see anything on TV about homosexuality or any of those things. And now it's become so prevalent on TV that people don't even pay attention to it anymore. And it's still wrong. Brother Mike got off a little bit on that. This morning. But I want to bring it back down even to a smaller scale this morning. It is essential today that when we come into God's house that the Spirit be there. That we search ourselves out and say, God, is there anything in my life, is there anything in my life that's hindering me from walking closer with you? And that's what David said. Listen this morning, I, I'm a full believer. I'm fully supportive of where the Spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. And this morning, if you've got a prayer request, then honey, share your prayer request this morning. Share it with the church and have confidence that this church is going to pray for you and pray for those situations. But my friend, this morning when we come to God's house, let us be prayerful and stand and, and, stand and say, God, use me this morning in some way, in some manner. Let me bring honor and glory to Your holy name. Be used by God in whatever aspect that you can. Allow yourself to be used by Him and for His sake and for the building of His kingdom. I realize this morning I've had people tell me, well, preacher, I'm not much of a speaker. I get nervous standing up in front of people. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But yet the Scripture says, let the redeemed say so. This morning... Allow us to be used by God in some manner, in some way. God, take me and use me. I began to think about our homes. Lord, is there something? Is there anything? And I'm telling you, uh, 
uh, I have to do this occasionally. I, I just Listen, if there's something standing in my way, I can't even hardly preach. I've got to get it out of the way before I can stand and declare His holy word. God, search me and get it out of the way. You can't expect to go through the world throughout the week living in a way that's contrary to the Word of God and then come into His house and worship Him. It doesn't work that way. It won't work. It won't work. But listen to what David says here in Psalms in 139. (coughs) Very familiar text to you this morning. Psalms in 139. (coughs) I've got a few verses of Scripture here in the very beginning of this chapter we're going to read and then we're going to end there in the end of this chapter. He says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my sitting downs and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and then laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot obtain unto it. Whether I shall go from thy spirit or whether I shall flee from thy presence. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thine hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be Light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness as the light are both alike unto thee. For thou hast possessed my range, and have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And David declares here, he says, O God, you've searched me. You know my heart. You know everything about me. You know my inward thoughts. You know the desires of my heart. You know every aspect of my life. You know my rising up. You know my lying down. The very things that maybe even David uh, might be saying, listen, there may be things in the world that other folks don't know about you. But David is declaring, he says, God, you know everything about me. And my friend this morning, God knows everything about you. There may be things in this world that other folks don't know, but certainly God knows every detail of every aspect of your life. He knows the intentions of your heart. He knows your desires this morning. He knows what things are holding you back from walking a life that uh, He would have you to live. He He knows the shortcomings of your life. And I'm talking about me this morning. He knows the things that hinder my walk. He knows the the desires that I have. He knows uh, the things that Satan tempts me with. And let me keep you in mind of this this morning. Uh, I believe in my heart, yes, God allows us to go through tests. He tries our faith. But my friend this morning, He will not allow you 
to be attempted above what you're able to bear. My friend, God knows this morning what you're able to resist and what you're able to bear. So certainly this morning, I want you to keep that in mind. But I realize this morning, He knows everything about our life. He knows the, uh, maybe the alts that we have in our life. He knows uh, maybe some of the shortcomings that we have. He knows uh, maybe some of the... Uh, uh, listen, this morning, if you have alt in your life, if you've got strive in your life, if there's a, something in your heart that's not right, God knows it. He knows and you say, well, preacher, that's between me and God. It certainly is between you and God. But my friend, this morning I want to ask you, is that what's hindering your walk with God? Is that what's hindering you and the ability to draw closer to Him? Not being willing to let go. Not being willing to examine your life and say, God, whatever it is, remove that out of the way. Listen to what David says. Down here later part of this chapter. Now he declares, he said these things are too high for me to obtain. You think about this morning. That we are created from the dust. That we're nothing. From the dust we are created from, and to the dust we shall return. We're nothing. But yet God desires to have a relationship with you. He desires to walk throughout this life with you. He desires to commune with you throughout the day. He desires to help you along your way. And David says, he said, this knowledge of knowing this is too high for me to obtain. He said, I can't understand it. He said, it's beyond me to be able to comprehend it all. And yet he goes on here. He says, He says, Well, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. He says, I declare that I know what God has done for me. Now he goes on down here, and this is where our thought comes from today. In the 23rd and 24th verse. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. David says, now listen. He had already declared in the first verse of this chapter. He said, God you've searched me and you know me. This morning if you're a child of God. He knows you. And whether or not you're a child of God, He still knows you. He knows everything about you this morning. But certainly this morning, I want you to know, David here says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. This morning is God's people. Uh, listen, I've said this before. People say, well, preacher, uh, that was a hard sermon. You got all over my toes. Uh, listen, this is a heart work this morning. This is a heart work. And it's not my desire to step on your toes, but it's my desire that this, the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of God's truth, might have an effect and an impact on your heart. That it might change your life and draw you closer to Him. That's what it does for me. 
It gives me an earnest and desire. Listen, I know this morning that I fail God. But I made a statement here a few weeks ago in Wednesday night Bible study. I've got a desire to do better each and every day. I've got a desire when I get out of bed in the morning, it's, God, would you help me to do better today than I did yesterday? Lord, would you help me to draw closer to you? Would you help me, God, that I might, uh, uh, listen, look towards your ways and not my ways. My ways hinder my path. But God, let me see your way. Let me look unto thee, Father, that you might show me and direct me. But he said, God, know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. God knows your heart this morning. He knows this morning what you desire. And listen to me, church, it's my desire this morning. God knows my heart. It's my desire this morning to do better. It's my desire this morning to serve Him to the best of my ability this morning. I want to serve Him because we serve a living God, a risen Savior this morning. He's not dead laid over in some tomb somewhere, but He's alive this morning and He ever lives to make intercession for us. Listen. Begin to think about our heart. You ever looked up the definition for the word heart? It'd take you about two pages to print it all out. It's a great big old long definition. This morning I've told you this is a hard work. He knows your heart. He knows if there's something standing in your way. He knows this morning what we need. He knows what we stand in need of. He knows that, uh, listen, this morning, did we come desiring God? Would your Spirit just fill us up this morning so much that we can't even stand it? I realize this morning that we may have a, a different personality. I've had some tell me, well, preacher, this church is different than the one that you grew up in. It may be in the aspect of a different personality. But my friend, we still serve the same God, the one that saved me when I was a nine-year-old little boy there on an altar at Rocky Mound. We still serve the same God right here this morning. The same one. And my friend, if we're not careful, we'll come into God's house ready to just go through the motions of the day. We'll sing Brother Strode, he'll have us, and bless his heart, he does a wonderful job. But we'll sing our three or four songs, we'll have the preaching, and we'll go home. My friend, I want more than that. I want more than that. I want it to be God, search me. See God, see my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. See my heart. I want to serve you. Listen, today is His day. Today is the Lord's day. God, search me and use me. He said, oh God, try me and know my thoughts. Now listen, when we start asking prayer in this way, you better be careful. Because God is going to search you. But my friend, God needs to search us. God, if there's something in my life that's hindering me from walking closer to You, get it out of the way. I 
I want to walk with Him. You ever been... Listen, how many times in your life have you... Listen, God has just talked to me all kinds of different places. I've been mowing hay. I've been cutting the grass. Other day I was weed eating a barn lot. I've been riding up and down the road in my truck listening to gospel music. I've been at work 60 feet up in the air in a bucket truck and God right here beside me talking to me. Communing with me. Boy, you need to get that out of your way. You need to get this out of your way. You need to do this. You need to do that. Does God talk to you like that? He wants to speak to us if we'll allow Him to speak. You know how often when I go to the Lord in prayer, a lot of times I'm requesting and I'm requesting and I'm requesting. And very rarely do I give Him time to speak. Be patient when you go to the Lord in prayer and allow Him to speak to your heart. Because He wants to change your life. Listen to me this morning, church. It's the little things that are killing us. You remember years ago, and I don't mean to make this a comical matter, but there was a movie years ago called The Sandlot that come out. There was a little fella on there. He'd say, Smalls, you're killing me. It's the small things in this life that are killing us. And I'm talking about God's people. It ain't the big things. I'm not talking about when He says commit not murder, don't kill. I'm not talking about those things, but I'm talking about the little things. How far does it have to go before it draws us to a place where we don't feel God's Spirit anymore? When I first come here, I had a young lady come up to me one night during revival and she said, Brother Cole, she said, I hadn't felt the Spirit in a while. I could tell she was concerned. I believe when David was talking about restoring to me the joy of my salvation, David didn't lose his salvation, but he had lost the joy of it. And I believe that's what that young girl was experiencing. She hadn't felt that spirit pass by her heart and stir up her inward man in a long time. She said, Brother Cole, I'm concerned. And I said, you start praying. And I remember the night that she stood up and she said, Brother Cole, she said, I, the Spirit of God has stirred in my heart once again. And I know. Listen to me this morning. Have you got down to a place in your life and you're like, boy, I just can't feel anything anymore. Are you cold and indifferent? Have you found your place in that life where you just, you're cold and indifferent? Listen, this morning there's still hope. If you want to feel the Spirit of God, ask Him to move in your life. God manifest. And be as David was here when he said, God, search me. Try me. And know my fault. How many of us are living for tomorrow? How many of us are living for the next couple of days out ahead of us? There was a song I heard this week, Jessica shared with me, and it meant a lot to me. I told her, I said, boy, I need to hear that. And that song is, keep me in the moment. 
Lord, help me to live right now. Right now. I believe that's what James was, James was declaring over there. He said, you go about planning your day for tomorrow. He said, do you not know your life is like a vapor? It's here for a little while and then it vanishes away. He said, you make plans for tomorrow. Live for now, in the moment, right now, today. That's the reason why He declared that today is the day of salvation. Don't go about planning for tomorrow or two weeks or three weeks, but live in the moment. God, search me. Use me. Try me. Know the things that stand in my way, God, and remove them from me that I might serve You. I believe that's what He was Now listen, he said, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Is there any wicked way in me? I'm born of a woman. But I've got a desire in my heart to love the Lord thy God with all of my heart all of my soul, and all of my mind. Whatever substance that makes me up, I've got that desire. You know what he said? He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus declared, he said, upon these two hinges all the law. He said, upon these two, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know who loves self pretty good? But he said, get yourself out of the way and love your neighbor as you sleep. When we start there, I'm talking about me. And when we get down in our prayer place, wherever it may be, listen this morning, how's your prayer life? Can mine be better? Absolutely. He said to pray without ceasing, didn't he? Yeah. But I'm talking about getting down to a place where you truly commune with God. Brother Ronnie made a statement this morning. I believe that was part of our Sunday school lesson. He was talking about prayer. And he said, I'm thankful that I know one time when I got through. Primitive Quartet sings a song that says there's been a few times. There's been a few times in my life that I know that I've got my prayer. I've felt it. You know what that feels like? Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, get it out of the way. He said, I know the way. So you said, preacher, what's that got to do with the church? Well, I was thinking about Noah and the ark. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Think about Noah and the ark this week. And actually, that's really what I really want to preach on. Uh, I'm going to touch on it. 111 years ago, as of yesterday, there was a shield called the Titanic. It sank. When they created it, made it, they declared that it was the unsinkable ship. 
Nothing like it had ever been built before. People felt safe. They had uh, Loctite compartments on the front of it. That if they ever did collide with anything, that uh, it wouldn't sink. God told Noah, He said, Noah, He said, I look out and I see this generation of people and He said, they do evil. And He said, I'm going to destroy them. And he give him the instruction. He give him the outline. He said, here it is. You go and build you an ark of gopher wood. And he give them the instruction because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He said, you go and build this ark. I began to think about that ark. How small it was. It wasn't what you'd say. Pretty, probably compared to the Titanic, you know. Has anybody ever been up there to the Ark Encounter? I tell you, that's pretty amazing to see. Considering they built that with modern technology, you know, Noah, he built it by hand. He didn't have the technology like we have today to put it together. That's truly something to behold. Noah spent 120 years. The Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness. He preached, the rain's coming, the rain's coming. And only him and his family entered in through the ark. The Bible says that the Lord shut him in. Jesus said, I am the door. He declared, I am the door. He said over there in Matthew, he said, if any man knock, he said, I'll open the door. When I think about the Titanic, the unsinkable ship, they hit an iceberg out ahead of them. It was at night time. You remember the movie? They couldn't see it. There's things out in our life, out in front of us, that we cannot see. We cannot control. God knows them. God knows our tomorrow. He knows the very day, I believe he knows the very minute that we're going to die. He knows everything about us. There's things out in our path that God knows. That ship hit the iceberg and it began to sink. But I want to tell you this. There was a man on that ship by the name of John Harper. He was a Baptist preacher from Scotland. You, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of him or not. He was coming to Chicago to preach in a revival. He was a widower. His wife had died. He had a six-year-old daughter. And what he done was he made his position to go throughout the ship and he was telling them, he said, women and children and unsaved on the lifeboat. That's what he was doing. And he began to tell them to get on the lifeboat, women and children and unsaved. And as the ship began to sink, he found his way out in the water and he was going from person to person. He gave his life jacket up. One of the people there, he said, don't you need your life jacket? He said, no. He said, you're going down and I'm going up. 
He still was going around telling people, just as Peter preached, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He made his way around to one young man. He said, have you ever been saved? He said, no. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. He ended up drifting away. He said, within maybe 30 or 45 minutes, he said, the old preacher made his way back around and come back into his drift again. And he said, have you got things worked out? Which made me to believe he was preaching the truth because he didn't just tell him to just merely accept something. And he said, not yet, but he said, I'm trying. He said that was the last time he'd seen that man, John Harper. He said it wouldn't just moments later he disappeared. He had hypothermia and he died. Four years later, they had a meeting of the survivors of that ship from Titanic. And they said, the man stood up and said, I was the last convert. He said, I ended up getting saved because of that man, John Harper. And you say, what does that have to do with anything? I thought about this old ship. Grew up hearing a song called The Old Ship of Zion. I love that old song. And I think about this ship that we're sailing on. How she's went out in the storms of time and it talks about how that she's been bent and battered up and how she's went through the storms of these lives, but Jesus the captain is still calling out. And we're able, when He says to come, to go into the ark of safety. And He's the one that shuts the door. And I'm thankful that we'll be there with Him throughout evermore. I'm thankful for the old church. I'm thankful for what she means to me. But folks, I'm telling you this morning, if there's something in our life that's hindering us, unlike uh, the Titanic that declared that they was the unsinkable ship, listen to me this morning. If you've been bought and purchased with the precious blood of Christ, you're on the unsinkable ship. This ship, it ain't going to sink. Jesus Christ is the captain. And it's not going to sink. No matter the waves and the storms, whatever may come about in this life, He's steering this life. And we're to be just like that man John Harper. Sending the lifeboats out. Unsaved, get on the lifeboat. Get on the lifeboat. No, there won't be another flood come, but I'm telling you, God is going to destroy this earth. And we're trying our very best to warn you. Church, let's start living like we're living in the last days. We've been preaching it. Let's live it. I'm talking about myself this morning. When's the last time you talked to somebody about their soul? He declared to us to be a soul winner. Let us try our very best to win them over. We're on the unsinkable shield. Listen to me this morning. Ask God to search you. Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, remove it. It hurts sometimes. But it's meant to.
He said, let me stay in the way of everlasting. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You remember over there in Matthew, he said, a man, he declared to him, he said, there's two ways. He said, he can come to straight and narrow. I'm going to mix that, I'm going to mess that up. He said, enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be which go in for it. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. He's the way. I pray this morning this to be a help to you. Church, I love this church. I love this old time way. To me, it's the only way. It's the only way. But folks, we need a burden. We need a desire. We need to get the sin out of our life. I'm talking about me. God, get it out of the way. I want to draw closer to you. That's my desire today for us as God's people. We're to be different from the world. We ain't supposed to be like them. We're to be different. Brother Strode, if you'll get us a song. Let's have a Christian handshake this morning. Come around and shake hands with one another. Two seventy.